listening to the My Pet Podcast, the show for pet lovers of Australia and around the world. Proudly brought to you by Australia's trusted online pet supply store, Vet and Pet Direct. Welcome to My Pet Podcast. I'm Beck, and I'm joined by Dr. Glenn. Hello. In this episode, we're going to discuss um, guinea pigs or KVs, as Glenn keeps telling me. Correct. Uh, Glenn's actually a little bit of an expert in this area, as I have recently special learned. Interest, special interest, not an expert, special interest. Special interest. Glenn has in the past, uh, himself and his wife, have shown guinea pigs. Back in the, dim, in the dim dark ages before we had enough room for horses and all that sort of thing. So you yes. started off small. We had spotted, spotted dogs and we got spotted guinea pigs as well. Yes. yes, they were spotted guinea pigs. They yep. were short-haired ones. Short-haired Dalmatian guinea pigs, correct. Is that what they're actually called, Dalmatian guinea yeah, pigs? Yeah, Dalmatian guinea pigs, yeah. Oh my God. And the selfs, which is the um, solid coloured ones that you've got to breed to them because the Dalmatian genes are recessive gene that if you breed one to Dalmatian, Dalmatian, you get a 25% chance of, of having a genetic um, mutation that is fatal, basically, and they have large bodies and gastrointestinal tracts don't work. So, yes, See, so, so, don't, so you don't breed expert. Dalmatian, Dalmatian, you just breed Dalmatian to a self or a single colour, and then you can have different colours, so you get different coloured <laughs> Dalmatian guinea pigs, so then you have black ones and red ones and chestnut ones and, and all different sorts of caramels and all sorts of colours, lilacs, etc. Cetera, et cetera. See? Expert, I'm telling you. (laughs) Before we get started, I'll just a little disclaimer. This is just general information that may or may not be suited for you and your pet. And if you've got any concerns about any of your pets or your guinea pigs or KVs, take them um, into the vet or ask, um, get in touch with them. Sounds good. Okay. So... Glenn, guinea pigs are kind of a popular pet still these days, aren't they? There, absolutely. We don't see a lot of them at the vet clinic. Yeah, um, but uh, I see, you know, I see some. Um, yeah. And if your KV's got something wrong with it, I certainly recommend taking it to your vet mm-hmm. um, and, or ringing your vet up and say, um, "Do you know much about Anything them?" And, and look, most vets know a fair bit. Yeah, um, and there's certainly, you know, especially in capital cities and larger regional mm-hmm. centres, there's going to be vets that have got special interest in small pocket-sized animals, exotic yep. pets, and that sort of thing, um, who are going to see them a lot more frequently. But yeah. Now, there's, they're, they're a nice little pet um, as long as you do the few uh, simple right things by them. Um, yeah. You can keep them out of trouble. Yeah. So the, I actually thought they were kind of um, a low-maintenance pet, which I have been now told that they're not. I've never owned guinea pigs, but they're not really as easy as just sticking them in a cage in the backyard and then checking them every now and then. No. I mean, they, they've got some special requirements yeah. which, which need to be um, ticked off, and once you've ticked off those requirements, I mean, mm-hmm. if everything's um, kept – well, yeah. yeah, everything should be, you know, they, they are relatively low maintenance as long as you do that. I mean, it's like owning a fish tank. I mean, yeah, you, okay, you just yeah. got to do, you know, the, th- the right things when you need to do it and, and to stop problems and, and prevent problems, yep. yeah, because it's, um, it's mostly environmental and, mm-hmm. and input is the problem. So the, the food and the water that's going in and, and cleaning up after them pretty much because yep. they're little grotty buggers. <laughs> <laughs> they, um, they like just sitting around and, pooping and peeing where they are a lot of the time and, and um, if they haven't got enough room to selectively poop or pee yep. somewhere or mark on stuff, um, yeah, it can get pretty messy pretty yep. quickly. Yeah. So I guess that brings us to the first um, thing that you've got to really make sure you have right with your guinea pig and that's their housing. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, I mean, they're designed uh, 
their native habitat is high in the Andes Mountains, running around in between rocks and tussocks of grass and stuff like that. So they're, yep. they're you know, they're designed A for the outdoors, um, B not for being hot. Um, and yeah, they don't like the heat. No, they don't like the heat at all. And um, and just having some room to move, they don't need a huge amount of room, but they don't like being in a shoebox either. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And um, depending on how many you've got and and what the environment is, I mean, you've pretty much got the choice of lawn cage, so they're on the ground, mm-hmm. um, or artificial, like a, a full floor. Yeah. Um, so raised. Raised. So whether that's outside or inside, mm-hmm. um, you can have a hybrid too. I mean, they can have a raised floor off the ground or, you know, solid floor yeah, on, on okay. the ground and they're not actually eating grass, but they're on a solid deck. But as soon as you've got them on solid stuff, well, then you need an absorbent something underneath them to so, absorb wee and poo. So we're talking some sort of bedding like um, sawdust and yeah, shavings? Yeah, either sawdust shavings or just grass, basically, mm-hmm. as in hay, basically. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, hay um, is absorbent. It's also a very good food source for them mm-hmm. and, and they can scruff around through that. Um, shavings, most of the shavings we've got in Australia is pretty good. They talk mm-hmm. about cedar shavings overseas as being toxic. It's got a heap of resins in it and it's okay, quite yeah. aromatic. But, um, yeah, most of the shavings we've got in Australia um, mm-hmm. that you get in the little bales at your um, produce yep. store and that sort of places would, um, would be fine for, for bedding. Mm-hmm. Um, it is there to absorb moisture and if it absorbs moisture for long enough it can get you know saturated and pretty yep. smelly and that Speaking, sort of thing so yeah. that's where um you know needing to uh, change it as frequently as you need to and mm-hmm. obviously you know if you've got a cage that's a meter by a meter say if you've got you know one guinea pig in there yep. um how often you need to do that cleaning is a little bit different if you've got five or six in, course, the, in, the same yeah. sort of, in the same sort of spot yeah um i mean you can line underneath with stuff like newspaper and that oh, sort yeah, of thing okay. um to it certainly makes cleaning out easier yeah. If, you, if, yep. you, if you've got a full cage, we used to have ours in um, in the guinea pig towers. We had four sort of four levels. Um, of, it really is something to see. Yeah, we, had, we had four levels, um, and we had like some lino as the um, the liner underneath, so you could just yep. pull the whole thing out oh, yeah, and, and hose that off, basically, because yeah. they were just wooden hutches that we built, yep. um, and then a, a, yeah, just a lino line underneath that was sort of folded up at the edges, so it went up yep. a little way up the side, so all the poop and hay and everything didn't fall yep. straight out, and then newspaper under that just to make it a bit easier, and then shavings on top of that, mm-hmm. and then enough grass from the scruff around in for a bit of cover and, and yep. for food as well. Yeah. So how much square meterage would one guinea pig need, do you think? Oh, look, I mean, it's how much per guinea pig. I mean, you'd want sort of 30 by 30 centimetres at least mm-hmm. per guinea pig. Um, but if you had one, I wouldn't want them in a 30 by 30 box. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, for me, you know, metre by metre to keep things mm-hmm. interesting as, yep. a, as a sort of minimum, like for one guinea pig, and then you, that would be enough room probably for, for, you know, two or three guinea yep. pigs sort of thing. If you've got more than that, you want to try and sort of expand that out. Yep. And it depends on are they in that um, hutch, you know, full time because some people oh, yeah, um, okay. have them out, you know, in a lawn cage during the day and then they bring them inside yep. at night um, or into some more shelter at night sort of thing because, yep. You know, they're only little animals and, and certainly, you know, predators as oh. far as, you know, cats and dogs and foxes birds. and birds <laughs> and all those sort of things. I mean, they sort of come into play. So certainly a, a covered um, mm. a covered hutch to, for the, you know, wildlife and, and you know, domestic pets yep. um, because there's a fair attrition of domestic pet mm-hmm. um, against guinea pigs, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, if you've got, you know, if you've got a yard with a dog in it, you've got to have a pretty robust cage. Yep. Very up, secure, um, yeah. If they're not going to be supervised. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's like the main things is make sure that it's secure, the right size, some sort of coverage, obviously, so they can get out of the weather. Yep. Um, does it – you can keep them inside or out? That's- yeah, inside or out. I mean, I'd like them to have some sunshine. Yeah. Um, 
um, every, and every now the and then. They don't have to have sunshine all the time. Um, I mean, if you've got them inside and you're, you know, they have a little bit outside time for a little bit of vitamin D um, sunshine mm-hmm. and, you know, grass-wise you can you can bring grass to them or they can go outside yep. and, and eat grass. I think our guys um, didn't used to go out and lawn graze. They used to That's cause they were stay, stay in their hutches. Oh, no, that was just we had <laughs> 50 of them. We didn't, oh, have, we didn't have enough room for them to <laughs> run around and um, and all be in the same spot. We did walk, used to walk past a place that had the whole backyard was um, bird netted across the top and they had, I don't know, 50 or 60 guinea pigs just oh racing around the whole backyard. It was awesome. To, oh, my we, God. We past, used to watch them. That was up in Townsville. Used to um, watch the guinea pigs race around and do natural guinea pig things. They just, yeah. Oh, I, like, I actually like a little, thought Like you a little were... herd of cows. <laughs> Herd of cows. Yeah, they, they just act like cattle. If you, if you know cattle and, and yes. had, had interactions with cattle, that's pretty much how they roll. Like the, the, the bulls out there rounding up his cows and he's, um, yeah, they just act it's like cows. Cool. They get excited and they buck and flit around when the food's coming, just the same as cows do. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cute. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Yeah. I thought you were going to say you actually took them out for a walk on like a little harness or something. You can. Um, I haven't seen it, but I know some people probably do do it. Um, Don't think you want to go too far. They haven't got very long legs. They haven't got very big legs. (laughs) But exercise is important. Um, And, and, yeah, enough room, you know, out in the sun to run around Mm -hmm. in a cage, I mean, or a big enough cage to move around. Yeah, exercise is important up and over things um, because they, you know, if you have water right there and food right there, they can have a quite sedentary lifestyle. Um, And depending on how much you're feeding them, Definitely, you know, overweight is, yeah, a, big, they, is, they a, big, is a big problem that we yeah. see, and, and all the metabolic problems that yeah. go along with that fatty liver disease and, and all sorts yeah. of things from um, from just yeah too much fast food essentially, which I'm sure we'll get to. Mm. Yeah. What is a guinea pig's lifespan? Um, look, there's plenty that get to five, six, seven years of age. Okay. Um, there's a couple that go older than that. Yeah. Um, depends really on uh, a little bit of the climatic sort of yeah. things and and. Um, Breeding can be fairly hard on girls, mm-hmm. depending on where you are um, and, and how many litters that, that um, they have. So, yep. yeah, if the, you know they're very fertile little buggers and yeah. they can um, reproduce very quickly. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's not great for them metabolically to have litter after litter. Yep. That's for sure. Yeah, it's pretty hard on them. Um, they don't like the heat either, do they, Glenn? That's no, they really don't tolerate it. As soon as it gets over 28, 30 yeah. degrees with any humidity, they're, they're in strife yeah. um, sometimes. So that's, you know, as far as the um, the uh, living quarters yep. goes, you need definitely, you know, some shaded area there and anywhere, you know, well, the whole of Australia basically. And no it matter is, where yeah. you are, I mean, there's going to be days and sometimes weeks and months where it's, it's too mm-hmm. hot for them. Um, you know, in the short term, uh, I mean – you can have them inside in the air conditioning. Mm. That certainly helps. Um, you can have like sort of freeze down um, water bottles that are you know big enough that they're going to remain frozen or at least cold for the, for, day, for the yeah. day, sort of thing. Um, and when it's warm, they'll snuggle up to those and or lie yeah. lie on top of them, sort of thing, yep. um, to to keep cool. But yeah, th- there's pretty much you know they're designed for cool, um, cool frost. frozen sort of conditions so they've got um fat little bodies with short little legs that they just pull in and you know they're they're designed for the cold they're not designed for the heat they um haven't got effective ways of cooling other than um panting and and that's not particularly effective so just like a dog they cool like a dog just through panting yeah they yeah they definitely don't tolerate our heat unfortunately a lot of um particularly um well particularly overweight but also you know if you if you're breeding them um i'd never advocate having um sows pregnant in 
you know, late spring, any of summer mm-hmm. and, and early autumn sort of thing. Yeah. It's pretty much half out or three pretty quarters much, yeah. of a year. Yeah, yep. no easy bread in winter. Yep. Um, and that's you know, excluding the males and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, because you've, yeah, they just don't do well when it's, yep. if they're pregnant and, and it's hot. They, and it's, um, yeah, a bit disastrous. So they just end up suffering like a heat stress situation. Yeah, heat stress just and, and down, they're it? a bit prone to, um, uh, acidosis, ketoacidosis. Yep. So if they have got a big, um, uh, metabolic requirement on them if mm-hmm. they're if they're growing a couple of babies in there and they have mm-hmm. you know one to four um, occasionally five babies yep. um, and they're very advanced babies when they're born they're yep. born fully head and fully yep. aware and and fully mobile and mm-hmm. and I've seen them where they have one and by the time they for the third one the first one's cleaned itself off and it's up yeah. and about eating grass and wow like in ten minutes. That's pretty impressive. That is really <laughs> yeah, impressive. They, yeah, and they do suckle, but they really don't need it. Like if they've, oh, wow. if they've got a, a good grass like source, a, they can just I don't think roll. I've ever seen a they guinea pig. Just, they can just roll on. never seen a guinea pig with babies suckling off it like oh, no, you do. do but yeah, they do for a couple of weeks yeah. um, until mum gets a good Yeah. Um, but they don't, they don't need it. Yeah, that's yeah, interesting. They, they can survive pretty much from day one. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, I'd still recommend having some milk supplements, et cetera, yeah. if, you, if you're in that position. But, yeah, they're, they're very um, advanced, mature mm. babies when they're born. And, yeah, when the sows are pregnant, they don't um, yeah, they don't handle the heat very well and they mm. stop eating. And if they stop eating 24 hours, that metabolic demand, then they go into liver failure and yeah. it gets bad. So you've mentioned breeding-wise and not breeding them in the hot weather, so pretty much that leaves us with winter in Australia <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for mate, breeding time. Australia, yeah. yeah. I mean, humidity's got part of it as well. Yep. Like, you know, they deal with, um, you know, Hotter temperatures with low humidity mm-hmm. better, um, but it's still not great. Yep. Yeah. They are exceptional breeders, aren't they? <laughs> Pretty fertile, yeah. 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 If, if you've got a boy and a girl, you're going to get babies. <laughs> Quite probably, yeah. <laughs> and if you've got a mother and she has a son, that's probably not going to go very well in mm. a fairly short amount of time. Okay. Which is the same as most species. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the males in particular, you know, I wouldn't trust them after five weeks old. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's um, young, yeah. I mean, it's officially it's sort of two months, but, yeah, I've seen suspicious ones. <laughs> probably got their mothers pregnant when they're five oh, weeks old. Wow. So, yeah, I, I just advocate, you know, weaning them at, at a month old basically okay. um, and separating the boys from their mother mm-hmm. um, because you might have more very shortly mm-hmm. um, and they um, have postpartum ovulations as well. So, oh, they um, can fall they, pregnant straight away. They ovulate six hours after they've oh my given gosh. birth, so they can be back pregnant again straight away, basically. How long um, is the gestation period? Um, about 33 days. Oh, so. the poor buggers. Like yeah. every month they can be pregnant. Yeah, so it's, um, yeah. Wow. So they roll around pretty quick. And they have one to four babies typically? Yeah. Yep. yep. So you can end up with dozens of babies in a year if you yeah, aren't careful. can get out of hand. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, it's easy to keep in hand, which is just separating them basically. Mm-hmm. And, and um, females of desex few, mm-hmm. um, but males are a lot easier to desex okay. because yeah. you've got the testes on the outside, yep. et cetera. Um, and, you know, it's a pretty basic surgical procedure mm-hmm. that your vet would be able to um, – uh, carry through. I guess it's similar to doing a cut. Um, yeah, similar to a dog. Basically, yep. they've got a little open inguinal canal. So yep. if you don't stitch them all up, they um they have um, hernia problems mm. and, and intestines fall out where they shouldn't. Okay, so um, it's so, not. So, yeah. so, it's, so it's different to a cat. Different to a cat. Not to stitch yep. up, but yeah, you've got to close them up. So okay. um, most, you know, I charge the same as a small dog castration because yep. it effectively wow. is a small yeah, dog castration. Yeah, because you're putting them under for yeah. the same amount of time, um, I guess. And you've got to stitch them up sort of thing and yep. look after their wounds after with lots of bedding changes because they just lying around in there and poop, yeah. poop and wee on their surgical yeah. wound, basically. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? And you can't um, – well, they don't 
go very well with stitches on the outside because they just chew them out. And sta- yeah. staples, they like to chew them out as well. So it's just internal sutures sort of oh, thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, but, but it's pretty pretty um, simple procedure. And look, mm-hmm. if you um, if you've got females and multiple males in together, yep. you're probably going to have fighting troubles uh-huh. amongst the males. Um, if you've got just males um, all together and there's no females, you know, right beside them, usually they're fine. Like okay. the males, entire males can live together happily yep. as long as they haven't got any girls to distract yep. them um, from their attention. Okay, yep. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, husbandry-wise, if, you, if you've got multiples, it's just if you don't want them breeding, you've got to pull those males out when yep. they're quite young. Yes. And they're easy to sex at a young age, like the testicles are there, you can see them or? Sort of. You kind of have to know what you're looking for. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a little, yeah, buttons and buttons and bows. Um, so if you know what you're looking at, yep. um, it's relatively easy. If you don't know what you're looking at, there's a lot of guesswork involved. But yeah, yeah okay. it's pretty easy to tell. Like, I mean, if you know what you're looking at, you can tell when you're a day old. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to know, I guess. So yeah. just keep them apart. <laughs> keep them apart. I'm not sure. Um, I mean, there's plenty of... Um, Pictures on the internet I was of, say of what, Google. what males and females look like. Uh, you know, they are quite distinct when you when you're looking. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Once you work out what you're looking, looking for, looking look at, at the right. Yeah. Yep. And look at the right. Look at the right end. Yep. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I guess the next most important thing is probably their diet. Yep. Um, because I thought, yeah, you could just throw them some carrots and lettuce or something, and along with their food, they'd sort of be okay but and, and you can it's yep. just not ideal same yep. same as you know most species they've got what they can survive on and what they can thrive on sort of yep. thing um and as a cavey high in the andes mountains where they're supposed <laughs> to be um they're pretty much eating a diet of grass and herbage mm-hmm. uh, and that's what they're supposed to eat and that's what they're designed to eat and if you stray too far from that you're just increasing your chances of having troubles pretty yep. much so uh, their main nutritional problem potentially is uh, vitamin C. They get Uh vitamin C deficiency uh, very easily because they don't store or manufacture their own, so it's got to be in their diet Uh um, and it's got to be in their diet all the time. Green grass, if you can get it, is a really great source of vitamin mm-hmm. C. So if you've got an access to green grass or if you've got, you know, enough lawn space to keep your guinea pigs oh, yeah. um, out, know, munching out, on. out munching on and you can move your cage around and keep yeah. moving around, unless they're, you know, unless they're breeding, um, they've got a, a little bit higher uh, energy density requirement, mm-hmm. grass is realistically all they need. That's all they need. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's my opinion and, and a lot of people's opinion. You can get... Um, you know, concentrates and there's all sorts of concentrates that you can get um, of pre-mixed feeds um, for guinea pigs. And some of them are, are like good proprietary brand blends from uh, sort of reputable um, feed mm-hmm. manufacturers and that sort of thing. And some of them are, are just sort of mixes um, from the local produce store, which aren't necessarily the best mix of mm-hmm. things. Like most of them that you see available are sort of mixture of um, mostly like horse pellets. There's oh, very yeah. few like designed for guinea pig foods yep. out there. Um, so it's like a horse work workhorse mix sort of yep. thing. So you've got some grains and some pellets and, yep. and a bit of chaff and, and a bit of molasses mixed in yep. with it sometimes for a bit of extra sort of palatability. Um, but most guinea pigs, if they've got that as their you know, main or sole mm-hmm. source of food or if they've got green grass plus that, I mean, I, it's sort of like McDonald's for guinea pigs. <laughs> um, so if it's there, they're probably going to eat it yep. and, and eat more than what they should um, and they just get fat on it. So it's if you're going to feed those feeds, you probably need to do it in smaller amounts. Small amounts and, and like just, yeah, limit the 
the volume that they've got available. Yep. And, um, I mean, just, you know, no animal you want fat. Yeah. Um, and, and these guys, you know, get fat pretty easy because yep. they're pretty effective um, at chewing up all the stuff that you give yep. to them, essentially. And, um, I mean, breeding females, particularly late in pregnancy, you know, if you've got three or four babies in there, it's taking up a fair, little, fair bit of gut space. Yep. And that's the same as a lot of species, you know, um, dogs when they're late in gestation, they have trouble eating enough food oh, yeah. as a meal sort of thing. So um, it comes down to a volume issue. Mm-hmm. So the food that you give them has got to be, you know, more concentrated yep. and, and more energy dense. So that's where those, you know, prepared sort of grain um, and, and sort of pellet mixes probably come into a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But for your average, you know, D6 male or you've got three females or you've got three males yep. um, and you're not breeding them, um, you know, they've got a pretty low uh, energy requirement. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, if they're babies growth. and they're growing, you know, again, maybe one of those pre-mixes is yep. part of their diet, but if it can be 80% grass if you've got it, I mean, absolutely, yeah. that's, that's really great. If you haven't got green grass, um, hay is, a, is an excellent alternative. Yes. So hay is just, you know, cured grass yeah. basically or, or cured um, vegetable matter that's, that's bailed up and it depends what it looked like you know nutrient wise when it was cut mm. as to the quality of it and there's all sorts of different qualities and, and species of hay um, here in Australia we've you know got lots of loosened hay yes. um, which is high in protein and it's high in energy and it's a, a good food source the problem with guinea pigs is they get um, uh, high blood calcium levels mm. and that comes through uh to, through their kidneys into their urine, and they're they're quite prone to calcium oxalate stones. Yep. Um, so they get urinary so like stones, bladder stones, stones. yeah, yep. bladder stones, and kidney stones as well. Yep. Um, so a high higher diet uh, in calcium, which is if you're feeding just straight loosened hay, it's probably not a great idea. Okay, um, so if, if their diet was, you know, some lots of grassy hay and a bit of loosened hay, yep. particularly for like growing. Mm-hmm. Um, pigs or the ones that have got, um, you know, if they're pregnant, okay, you know, you can get away with, you know, it's probably 20% loosened hay, which they really like because yeah. it's, you know, it's so, like when you so, give a horse and, yeah. loosened hay, it's nice. Um, <laughs> and, you know, you can get little, like, Timothy hay ba- bags yeah, and that sort of thing. Yeah, we sell those little um, hay bales. Yeah, yeah, and they're, like, there's nothing wrong with them. They're, you know, a grassy hay that's low in oxalate, so uh, it's a good blend, um, particularly if you're in, you know, suburbia where you haven't got a produce store that's catering for horses, you yeah. know, if you're on yeah. the outskirts of town or if you're out, um, out in the country you know you can go and buy a, a big a, bale. A, a bale of hay you know a 15 yep. dollar bale of hay um grassy hay that's right um but you know that's gonna last 10 guinea pigs six months yeah it will yeah, yeah. Um, but i mean you can use it for bedding as well and that's the thing like you can mm. you can chuck it in there and it's both bedding and it's yep. they've got you know the right food for them all the time yep. um you, you've got to have that vitamin c in there somewhere so yeah. if it was you know drought conditions and you didn't have any lawn grass yep. and there was no grass that you could pick um yep. and i used to go and cut two big um chaff bags full of grass every day for for our guinea pigs off the side of the road, the side of the road yep. Yep. Um, and they get hay as well but but that green grass is, is really important thing. if you can get it yeah and if you haven't got that and you've got you know only one or a couple of cavies that's easier to cater yeah. for um green leafy veggies um are the way to go mm-hmm. um so i mean parsley is excellent okay. um spinach kale um just any of those really green vivid um veggies i mean iceberg lettuce is you know pale green um, for yeah. water, not that much nutrition yep. in it realistically. Um, carrot tops are fine. Um, so that's, you know, you can, you can eat the carrots and, <laughs> and the carrot, <laughs> and the carrot tops can go to the guinea pigs. Um, so is a carrot all right for them well, every It's, now it's okay, yes. You know, a smaller percentage of the diet. And same with fruit. Like, I mean, they'll eat oh. um, apples and oranges yep. and, and all sorts of fruit. They pretty much eat anything if you fruit. give it to them, won't they? Yeah, I mean, not in the vegetable game. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, again, it's, you know, it's too high in sugar and, mm-hmm. it's, you know, if you've eaten just apples, you know, 
obviously not a balanced diet. Yeah. If it's if it's a selection of fruits, well, they're not fruit of ores. I mean, they're, yeah. they're herbivores that are designed to eat grass. Yeah. So it's the closer to what they're supposed to eat, the better, yeah. realistically. So probably not um, not using them as your compost bin, I guess, and all your scraps. No, like, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but, you know, green grass, you can get it. Uh, yep. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, some capsicum, it's reasonably high in, oh, yeah, okay. um, in vitamin C. But, again, you know, if it's so, just apples and capsicum yep. and carrots, you know, that's not a balanced diet. Yep. Yeah. Basically, you can't go wrong if you're giving them green grass. It's pretty hard to go wrong. Yeah. Yep, if yep. main uh, part and, of their diet Unless is. they've got a higher nutritional um, mm-hmm. requirement, which is basically breeding, growing, yep. or lactating, in which case it's just putting some, some extra in on pellets. top of yep. the grass, dash hay, um, but that's still got to be the, the basic 80% of the diet should, should be, be that, that roughage because yep. they're designed to eat you know, large quantities of fairly mm-hmm. poor quality food and, yep. and it gets hind gut fermented in their yep. bowel and, and that's the way things work best. That's and how it's also, designed. Yeah, and teeth-wise they're um, – they, their teeth keep growing throughout mm-hmm. their life um, and if they're eating soft sweet food that doesn't take much chewing um, they're, they're not, not wearing, wearing down, down those teeth so that especially those front incisors they grow yep. about three millimeters a week yeah I think. um i've and, seen and, and teeth. yeah and their moles keep growing as well yep. so i mean we veterinary wise we certainly see you know dental issues fairly yep. commonly so if they've got an inappropriate diet or you know if one tooth gets you know broken or chipped or mm-hmm. something um things can go haywire pretty quickly yep. because those teeth are keep growing and they've got to be, you know, worn down in a symmetrical fashion um, yep. to, to sort of stay in the right alignment. And if they start going out of whack, um, they go out of whack pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and it's a big cause of, you know, failure to thrive and, and sick guinea pigs is, is yep. de- dental issues, certainly, which okay. um, which your vet's got to sort out. Yep. So we've got the dental issues, but you also need to keep an eye on their toenails, I believe. Yeah. I mean, they just, just, again, depends on what's the surfaces there. They're running around on some people put, um, like, you know, blocks of sort of... Like sandpaper and Oh, no, just or? like... Um, wood oh, yeah. and that's okay. when just from to scruff around and, and, and run over and they'll um, gnaw on it too won't they they can yeah, yeah. Um, but it's more so just for you know a different abrasive environment yeah. and, and again you know if you're mimicking nature they're probably doing you know they're probably not doing kilometers a day yeah. but they're scruffing around over dirt and rocks and yep. that sort of thing um, in their natural environment and they've got very sharp claws mm-hmm. um, and if you don't wear them around wear them down they become sharp long yep. claws um, and they do need trimming most guinea yep. pigs need trimming most of the time and most of them got dark claws so you can't see where the quick is so oh, you've just no, got to no, sort no. of nibble a little bit off at a time okay. um, yep. or you know I like the little you know Electric dremels or the um, oh. emery board, like just yeah, a little file, nail file something, yeah. just to um, and you're not going to go wrong. But I mean, if you've got eight millimeters of extra nail there, you've got to chop most of it off um, with a little pair yeah. of nail trimmers and then file it back a little bit. Yep. Yeah, and they'll be sharp again in three days' time. Mm, but wow. um, yeah, okay, so that's something else to think. Yeah, of so it's just something, something to think of, and and that comes down to just like your bedding hygiene as well. They're quite mm-hmm. prone to um, pododermatitis, so infections um, mm-hmm. in in their feet and and like of toenails and around their yep. feet if their bedding's not up so to scratch like and it's foot more, rot type thing basically yep. yeah, it's just bacterial and fungal infections yep. um that they get pretty much environmentally if, if your mm-hmm. um, bedding's not getting changed often enough or yep. it's hot and humid or you know water's another thing to think about they've you've got a couple of different choices for, for how do you give them water mm-hmm. um and you can give them in bowls and, and that sort of works but they knock it over knock it over and gets fed and, yeah. and gets spoiled fairly quickly on um, the little nipple um water is if yeah, it's like being, an upside down water bottle with a yeah, yeah little thing um, they suck on. Yep. So that's, you know, most of them um, can be trained to that quite yeah. easily. Um, but if you've got one of those that's leaking, well, that's going oh. straight into the bedding and, and you know, as far as, you know, keeping the environment or the bedding as dry as possible, yeah, if, if you've got a leaking water and that yep. sort of thing, it'll get pretty smelly and yep. um, funky pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So keep an eye on that too. Yep. Um, 
What about um, parasites, both internal and external? So I'm thinking worms and your fleas and your lice and yep. mites and stuff like that. Um, lice and mites certainly really common. Yes. Um, lice are visible parasites. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty small, but, uh, but, small. but visible. And you don't, I don't see a lot of them. It depends on you know where you get the guinea pigs from and, and what sort of other animals they've been in contact with because yeah. they only get um, they get harvest mites, which are um, not actually a parasite, as in okay. they don't suck blood, but um, harvest mites just little bugs that are in um, hay and that sort of thing mm-hmm. a lot of the time. So um, people see these little things running around on the guinea pig and, oh, we've got mites. Yep. And they sort of are, but they're not actually <laughs> biting them or causing any yeah, troubles. Yeah. Like maybe they cause a bit of irritation because there's something running around on them. Yes. Um, but they're not actually a, a parasite that's sucking blood yep. or, or biting them or causing any troubles. Um, but they do get lice, which are mm-hmm. you know, blood-sucking parasites that mm-hmm. make them itchy. And, and, you know, there's relatively um, simple sprays um, and, and baths for that. There's not much that's registered for use in guinea pigs mm. on a veterinary chemical basis. Um, so there's you know, off-label recommendations for certainly um, natural pyrethrins. Okay. They're very yep. safe. Like your Fido's rinse, Fido's yep. free itch rinse mm-hmm. um, is, is very safe. Um, and your frontline spray, again, it's off-label. Yep. Um, that gets used a fair bit for, for lice. Um, mites are, are microscopic yep. um, and they're pretty common as well. And, and guinea pigs get some really diabolical mite infections where you get hair loss and, mm-hmm. and just this amazing itchy um, puritis um, that's happening. So um, I've seen guinea pigs have epileptic seizures quite commonly. Because they're so itchy. Because they're so itchy, yeah. Right. So um, people think that, you know, they've got a you know, brain tumour yeah, or, yeah. or something uh, and they've got these mites. And, and the, the skin lesions can be quite subtle sometimes. Yeah. Like they can look horrible as well and have no hair and look like they've, you know, covered yeah. in mange. But, um, but they can have quite subtle skin lesions and they're just – you just touch them and they just have a fit. Oh, wow. Because they're just that itchy. Oh, buggers. Um, and that's pretty easily treatable again with, with um, off-label use of mm-hmm. – of sort of revolution top spots and yep. some of those long-acting um, cat and dog um, top spots we use quite yeah. commonly and, and some of the time it's injectable insecticides yep. um, to, to treat them as well. But that's really um, get your vet, do a skin, skin scraping, get a diagnosis on what's going yep. on and get a, a treatment program and um, and sometimes it's treat you know, the other in-contact animals mm. as and well. The because, and the bedding. Yeah, the bedding. I mean, you're going to change Clean it, it, change it yep. anyway, but it's really you know, direct um cavey to cavey mm-hmm. contact sort of thing and, and a lot of them probably get them off their mother um, yep. you know as a, as a baby and then it can be you know weeks or months later mm-hmm. that it starts to show symptoms so it's not that they caught it from somewhere last week a lot of time it's been there for ages hasn't caused any troubles and for whatever reason um, yep. immune suppression or just the you know, bad luck it, it just comes and, and, and causes troubles then because yep. you can have you know a single guinea pig that's been in the family for 12 months and hasn't been in contact with another guinea pig and that's the only place they can get the mites yeah. from um, and then all of a sudden has a breakout and it's, yep. and it's itchy as hell um, but it hasn't seen another guinea pig for 12 months yep. so it can sort of confuse people sometimes yeah. but yeah the parasite side of things externally is, is pretty common yep. yeah and internal internal worms? I mean they can get worms again there's probably if, if they've got worms to start with due to their Slightly grotty nature of and of um you know laying around their own poop and, and just yep. you know close quarters to their feces because you don't probably clean their cage yet every twelve hours yeah. and get rid of poop straight away um you know they can get um you know worms back again so I think worming is probably a good idea every sort of three to six months yep. with a um I know Aristopet makes a, a, a small, small animal wormer that you can just put yep. in water and and then it's done and you, and you just know it's done yep. um they do get uh, coccidiosis which mm-hmm. is a little single celled parasite that if you've got you know diarrhea troubles and they should do these 
nice little pellets um, yep. as poop, basically. And if they're not doing that, occasionally it's dietary. Like if they've mm-hmm. got some like really watery grass, or you're feeding them, you know, lots lettuce. of lettuce, <laughs> something like that, and it's going straight through them, you'll get you know sort of less form stools or mm-hmm. diarrhea. Um, but if they're you know, unhealthy, um, losing weight and got diarrhea, yeah, coccidiosis is one thing you definitely mm-hmm. got to rule out. That's for sure. So do you need to take them into a vet to get that? Take them yep. a vet and do a poop sample and, yep. and go from there. Yeah. Yep. So. Basically, there's not too much to worry about, I guess. It's like. No, it's just general basic yeah. husbandry stuff. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, and same as most things like prevention is better than cure. And, mm-hmm. and if you tick off, you know, we used to do a full cage clean out. Um, once a week uh-huh. um so you so yeah, do, the do, do the do the full bedding on the cage once a week um and you know, that doesn't take that long no um and and you know make sure the water is uh, working and make sure they've always got fresh fresh, clean. You know, fresh water happening so just make sure that water is going down they're all you know getting that and and have their food sorted and the environment not too hot basically mm. that's that's pretty much the main thing's covered yeah um, so it's you know it's not that much like if you've got um you know, if you've got a couple of guinea pigs it's probably a you know 15, 20 minute job once a week yep. you know, to do that. But if you don't do that, you're going to have troubles. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I've definitely taken out of this. If I'm getting guinea pigs, I've got to make sure they're kept cool, eat lots of grass, yep. and think about worming them every three to six months. Yep. And worry about their teeth, keep an eye on them, yeah, keep, keep an eye on, on their toenails. And, and your vets and, are always, you know, vets always happy to yep. have a look and, and give them a check out, and, and there's nothing better than, you know, checking an animal and there's nothing wrong. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if you're not sure, that's your best. That's yep. your best bet. Yep. Okay. Very interesting. See, I told you, Glenn was a guinea pig. Cute I'd, I'd still have them if I didn't have dogs. That it would just be. take too much to try and keep them <laughs> safe. Basically, yeah. yeah, they'd have to be out of the house yard somewhere. Um, yes. And, and what's and the, you have snakes mm, at your place too. I've got that too. But yeah, <laughs> not I, pet I just, ones. I mean, <laughs> I just yeah, it's it's. I really like them. They're, they're cute little buggers, and mm. and you know they, they make good kids' pets. They don't bounce very well. Yeah, um, you so can't I them. see unfortunately lots of you know they've got tiny little legs, and um, you know they're they're good family pets and they're good for responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, little kids just got to really careful, you know, really careful, and, and you know highly supervised because one drop doesn't go very well. Yeah, yeah, they don't really have a way of stopping themselves better falling. Of, better of patting them on the ground. Yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. Good recommendation on that yeah. one. Yeah, Glenn was telling me an interesting fact before about our little friends that they are actually closer to a hippopotamus, pretty much, than anything else. They're certainly not rodents. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was corrected on that one. <laughs> <laughs> they're closer to a hippopotamus, yeah, which is really interesting. There's a big family group of them, and they're sort of one of the smaller ones, but they go up to um, sort of sheep size. Yeah, yeah. They're from South America. Ultimately, yeah. aren't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. There's heaps of ones um, that are well, same family down in the jungles around the Amazon, that yeah. sort of thing. But um, they come originally from higher up in the Andes, yeah, <laughs> which is why they like it cool. Yeah, mm. yeah, kind of interesting little fellows, really. Yeah, they're pretty cool, yeah. guys, and they've got personality. Yeah, if you've ever, yeah. if you've ever owned one, you obviously know that. But um, people that haven't owned one, yeah, they're, they're a good little pet. Okay, yeah. something to think about. My girls would love one, but I think both the dog would love one too. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Dog, dogs are pretty hard on them. And it's not the best weather around here. I know a few people have lost some in the summer. Yeah, I mean, you've got to trouble. realistically, you've got to be prepared to yeah, either keep them iced up or yeah. wipe them inside the air conditioning. And um, unfortunately, our weather turns in the morning and we meant to be 27 degrees and then by the afternoon you've got 40 degrees yes, it's humidity. Makes it difficult, but it's, yeah. Yeah, it takes some, takes some planning and prior yeah. preparation, that's for sure. Yep, definitely yeah. something to think about. Yeah. All right, well, I think that's all I've got to yep, ask you about. That's all I've got for KV Talk. Yes, well, thank you for your expertise on the KVs, Glenn, and um, we'll catch you again soon. Have a good week. Thank you. Bye. Bye.